Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sarah and I'm Helen and this is the Squiggly Careers podcast where every week we share ideas for action and tools to try out that we really hope will help you to navigate your squiggly career with a bit more confidence clarity and control. We can't ignore your voice. Okay. <laughs> Sarah's a bit croaky everybody we're recording this at the end of a relatively long day we were together for about eight o'clock prepping stuff this morning and we've been filming and talking all day for some different videos that we create for lots of the sessions that we run that combined with a bit of a cold has Sarah a little bit croaky in this episode I've done that thing of having the flu jab for some very very good reasons and I feel like that jab has sort of given me a tiny bit of flu and I know none of the science behind this so I'm blaming that I'm blame also I'm I'm so weedy when it comes to uh, needles so when I had this flu jab she was like I'm just gonna do it I was like, I'm just gonna look the other way I'm like uh, so I'm so proud of myself for having it and all my family like know that and they were like well done Sarah like that's really really good I, I do get, love like, you but you are weedy you are yeah. D- yeah, <laughs> with yeah, any yeah. kind of illness type thing <laughs> So, but hey, you say that, but I'm still here, still recording you are our podcast. So, a you know. dedicated weed. Uh, thank, and what thanks. are we talking about today? <laughs> so, today we're going to talk about how to make your job applications stand out. And so, we know that this might not be relevant for everybody right now, but we're probably all applying for a job at some point every couple of years, whether that's internally or externally. And I always think we also always know somebody who is applying for a job. So even if this is not you right now, perhaps there's something that you'll hear today that you'll be able to help someone else with. And actually, I was because I think, well, I haven't applied for a job for a while because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm running a business with you and I don't need to apply for a role. But there have been a couple of awards that I have put us forward for for different things, which have required me to like update my CV and fill in an mm. application form. So I still think a lot of what we're talking about would apply for those sorts of things if anyone's putting them forward for funding or for awards, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I've applied for a few jobs where they're more trustee or volunteer roles. And also we have recently advertised a role for Amazing If where we got more than 200 applications. So I feel like I have read a lot of job applications in the last couple of weeks because I've read pretty much every single one. And Lucy, who's in our team, has read everyone in lots of detail. So we did also ask her for her top tips, having spent a lot of time in this world in the last few weeks. So we're going to go through a couple of different things in the conversation today about how to make your job application stand out. We'll talk about CVs. We'll talk a little bit about covering letters. We'll talk a bit about LinkedIn and how that's part of it. But whatever you are required to produce as part of your application, there are three questions that you need to make sure that whoever is reading the things that you are creating and sharing is in no doubt about. And those three things are why me, why this role, and why this company. And I think before you put 
like pen to paper, which is a very retro statement, or you <laughs> type out some details on a form. Before you do any of that, I think it is worth just thinking that through for yourself. Even if it's just five minutes and you do a bit of a mind map, there'll be a lot of insights that you get from the why me, why this role, why this company, that you can then formalise into all of the different forms that people need you to fill out. And so we thought it was useful to start with some of the brilliant basics around your CV, because I think you don't get the chance to stand out unless you get some of these things right. It's almost like these are the starting point. And to go beyond this, you need to get these kind of basic things in place. And so a few things just to think about when you're creating or writing your CV and sharing it. Firstly, a really small tip, but I think it does make quite a big difference. Share your CV as a PDF if you can. And I'm not sure I have always done this, but the advantage of a PDF is that you don't lose any formatting. So nothing can kind of get wonky or lost in the kind of virtual waves. You don't, you know, your spacing can't go a bit strange and you're kind of in then control of what people see. Don't lose the effort that you've put into your CV at the last moment by sharing it in a format where it could get interpreted in a way that you didn't intend or systems could get in the way. You don't want to leave your CV to chance if you can avoid it. The next one, which I feel like I have always been told and really stuck to, and I don't want to know if this is just old school or not, but I still very much subscribe to the no more than two pages rule. So no more than two pages of sort of A4 on Word and make sure you have some white space. I have seen quite a few CVs where they are difficult to read and maybe there's too much information in there. And CVs are read quickly. Most people will be like us where you've got lots of applications for a role and you're reading lots and lots of CVs. So you can't spend half an hour on a CV. You know, you're reading. I sort of often think, oh, I read the summary. I'm looking for some key skills. I'm interested in people's experience. But you can't spend lots and lots of time interpreting. So just make life easy for your reader. It's a bit like when you write anything, like think of your reader and almost step back from your CV and just think, does this feel easy to read? Does this feel like something I want to spend time with? Well, also the reader is reading this application as part of a process, which means there's going to be more than just yours to read, but also part of their day job, which means that they've probably got 101 emails to read as well, in addition to whatever else they're trying to do. And so I think when somebody just looks at a really long, wordy CV, it's a bit like you feel like you've got to take a deep breath. And I don't think it really creates an impression of clarity. And lots of organisations today are looking for people who can communicate clearly and succinctly because we've got so much information already don't necessarily want someone who can't see through all of that noise and and really be specific about the points that matter and so as a reminder your cv is your best bits not a list of everything you've ever done and i think this is really tempting to get wrong and it's a trap that's easy to fall into because you are proud and you've worked really hard for all of those things that you want to share with someone else and also you're having to edit it's way easier to not edit to just think well I'm just going to share everything in the hope that something sticks but I can promise you it won't so the way that I've often found it quite useful when I've been doing my CVs is I always start with achievements what's like my number one achievement that I want to share for each role? And then if I've got space, what might the second achievement or the third achievement look like or kind of sound like? And usually for my more recent roles, I might have two or three achievements and then sort of going further back in my squiggly career, 
you know, I, I reduce and I edit down even further. And it doesn't mean that you can't describe your role, but I often tend to do that almost underneath the role that I've been doing in one sentence. So if you were to summarize your role in a sentence in terms of what are your responsibilities, what would that sound like? And then one or two bullet points on like, well, what have you done? This is your kind of moment to shine and stand out. And it doesn't mean that you, of course, can't acknowledge that you're part of a team. I think sometimes people feel a bit uncomfortable because most of what we achieve, we achieve with other people. But don't forget, this is your CV and your chance to share. Like, what did you do? What's the contribution that you made? So the fourth basic is all about keywords. And keywords are really the things that lots of employers are looking for. So if you read a job description, you can often spot the hard or the soft skills that they're really prioritizing. And you really want to pick out about three, like what three hard or soft skills seem to matter most in what they've written down. Now, the skill here is to take those three things and reflect them in your CV. And so think about, well, how can I weave that into some of those achievements that Sarah talked about? So for example, let's say one of the things they want is somebody who is a really good critical thinker. I might give in an overview of my role and say, this role gave me the opportunity to develop my ability to think critically and I identify new opportunities for the organization and so I would find a way to put that keyword that they're looking for into the flow of my experience it's a really important way of how you can personalize a CV to the things that that person's really looking to see and everyone listening might already know number five but it's definitely newer for me there are now some really good templates that you can download for your CV for free online and we'll include a couple of links in the podcast show notes Now, some of those, when I had a quick look at them, because I was like, oh, this is interesting, this sort of a newer development. And yeah, we're not experts in sort of CV writing at all. So I I was doing a bit of investigating for myself. Some of them are quite jazzy. I love Um, the use of jazzy. (laughs) I know. But that might be right. That might feel like a really good fit for you. I think for me, the ones that I really liked that I saw as templates were they helped you with that keeping your CV kind of clean and having that white space and giving you some ideas on formatting. I saw quite a lot of CVs when I was reviewing them, which actually I've never done before, but it did, it often read quite well, where people were using quite smart left-hand side columns. I don't know if you've seen these, Helen, where people are sort of, maybe that left-hand side column is a summary of, you know, key skills, could be hard and soft skills, could be professional qualifications, but some very sort of short at a glance information rather than maybe leaving that all to the bottom or having another extra paragraph. And again, I think those templates, even if you don't use a template, when I was kind of clicking through the various different ones, it gave me some ideas. So even if I was going to create it from scratch in a Word document, sort of slightly more like old school style, I still think looking at some of those is a good place to start and might just help you to develop your style a bit further. I have seen them and I do like them. And I have a controversial question for you on a CV. What is your view on photo or no photo? So I think no photo, but I'm not basing that on lots of data other than I feel like, well, why is a photo useful? You know, we, we always ask that, like we talk about being useful a lot and I don't want anyone to judge me based on my photo or what I look like or what gender I am. And I I sort of feel like a photo shouldn't be helping someone to make a decision. And I've even worked in a company before where we experimented with taking names off CVs, you know, to try and make sure that we hadn't got any kind of unconscious bias as part of the process. 
So I feel like photos could add in more unconscious bias, but that's not based on sort of science or me knowing lots about it. But I remember seeing a few CVs with photos and actually feeling a bit uncomfortable about it because I was just thinking, you know, when you think, well, I'm not quite sure what's happening in my brain in this moment. And I'd hate the idea that I'm making a judgment based on that. But I saw lots of templates with photos on. So people are obviously using them. And I saw CVs with photos as well. What do you think? I'm with you. I think I wouldn't want to consciously feed into a bias Um, because it just doesn't feel, for me, it just makes me feel quite uncomfortable about the process. And I can understand why a lot of people do kind of blind recruiting to get rid of some of the biases that come into it. And I wouldn't want to rule myself out because I'd suddenly put a picture in and someone was like, oh, we now can't have Helen because she's put a photo in and she's biased the process. And I also think, do you know what? If someone really wants to find your photo, it's not that hard to find you on LinkedIn, which is something we're going to talk about. So the choice is there if someone wants to click onto it. But I would rather sort of make sure that what they were making a decision on was the words that I had written and how I'd put myself across the only other thing I would say on CVs actually is we talked about it in the part of the process where you've got quite a lot of control so you can create the CV you can send it as a PDF there are definitely situations where people will ask you to fill in a form so the same sort of contents as there will be on your CV but they'll want you to cut and paste it into a form what I would recommend is that any time there's a form filling like an online thing just make sure that you are cutting and pasting the copy into a document that you can refer back to because I know a lot of people will type it out from scratch when they're filling out those boxes but then you click send and most of the time you can't remember what you sent and so if you do have an interview you might be thinking what did I say what did I not say so I would always just have one document where you can read it all in one place and sort of move it across from that one document into the form you're filling online so you've got a record of it. Well also that helps you to both spell check but also I would often get somebody else to read that for me. You know, just someone with a bit of distance who can just check that things make sense. They can spot things that you just can't see for yourself. Even when you read things three times, it is amazing how someone different can just read it, you know, reading it for the first time and can spot, oh, you repeated the word the. And for whatever reason, somehow your spell check or, you know, it's not got underlined in red. And so I think that's the other advantage of doing that. So to summarise with your CV, what are you aiming for? You're aiming for, I think, ease. Easy to read, easy to understand and easy to pick out the best bits. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So now we've done the basics, we're going to go beyond the basics and we want you to think about what will really impress the person that is reading your application, your CV. The easiest way to do this is put yourself in the shoes of either the person who might be reading it or the company. So think a little bit about the culture. So to give you an example of this, we had quite a lot of people who were applying for the job that we're recruiting for who described their career as squiggly. So what they had taken there is a word that is, you know, it's part of something we say every day. It's part of our mission to make squiggly careers better for everybody. And they'd reflected that in their application, which made us feel like they knew what we did and what was important to us. And they'd taken the time to personalise their application so it was reflected in the words. And you can do that, I think, most easily at like the top of your CV because you really don't want the personalization to get lost. So you can do that keyword thing that we mentioned throughout. But those things that are personal about, you know, why this is the right role for you, the sense of connection that you might have with the company or the culture, I think that stuff can really stand out in that top paragraph of your CV. And if you've got the opportunity to share a covering letter, this is a great place to really show why this role, why you and why the company to be really explicit about answering those questions and even to point people to how you've really tried to understand like what they're looking for and what matters to them as an organisation. So we had a few people applying for the role, for example, who had been on our website, been to our free toolkit and had completed some of the templates. Like we've got a more about me values template on there or some of the other free tools. And they shared that with us and they shared some of their reflections. I also really loved a couple of people who applied for the role were prepared to be critical, but in a really positive way. So they'd taken the time to think about, well, what would some even better ifs be maybe on our website or even if they'd listened to the podcast on our podcast or to suggest some podcast episode topics. And it's just those moments of when you are reading a job application. I think that really made people stand out because... I felt that they really cared and they were really committed. And I didn't, you know, people weren't making things up. Like there was one application I really remember where she said, oh, I've never listened to your podcast. I've discovered it. And I realized I'm 300 episodes behind. And that actually made me smile. And then she talked about the research that she had done. So I don't think you have to pretend here to be anything that you're not. Like I didn't mind whether people had heard of Amazing If or Squiggly Careers when I was reading people's job applications. 
but I did care about, well, had they taken a bit of time to research who we were, what our values are, like what might be important for us when we're thinking about this role. And I think you could really see that sort of extra effort shine through in people's job applications. It's a bit like James Watley, who's a brilliant speaker, does lots of work in technology, and he actually contributed to our first book, Squiggly Career, with his best piece of career advice. And I really remember that his advice is, go the extra click. And basically his point is, just that extra click or that extra bit of effort and sort of intention will take you a long way. And I think that is true with job applications. If you just spend that extra 10, 15 minutes, that can be the difference between an interview and not getting an interview. And I think some simple ways to connect the dots between you and a company in a covering letter are values, Sarah mentioned. So sometimes you might be able to research the values and then reflect that in some of the things that you might say in that covering letter. Uh, Maybe news. Have they released any new products or is there anything particularly interesting that's happening in the market? That would be a good way to connect the dots. Like, I know that this is a change that I'm really excited about, that sort of thing. Or if you do know anything about any of the people that are involved in the process without wanting to stalk people, because that can go a bit too far at this stage it might be worth seeing what they've been sharing on LinkedIn for example or maybe they write so for example for Sarah and me it's quite open you can often see you know we've written certain articles for Harper Business Review and so knowing that you might be able to reflect that again in some of the things that you found really interesting or inspiring and you could bring that into your covering letter too. So the next area I wanted to spend some time talking about is your LinkedIn profile and I think you have to assume that somebody recruiting for a role will look at your LinkedIn profile. And so it's really important just to make sure that, again, you've done the brilliant basics. Is it up to date? Make sure it doesn't contradict your CV. And again, maybe make sure you've written your summary. And I think that summary can be the same as your CV. Or you might want to add a bit of extra personality onto your LinkedIn because I feel that is more a profile about who you are and what matters to you. And the one sort of secret, I call it a secret idea for action because so few people do it. And so I think when something isn't done very often, it is a really easy way to stand out is that hardly anyone has recommendations on their LinkedIn profile. Now, maybe that's because we still feel a bit nervous about asking for recommendations when we're currently in roles. But I think you can get around that by collecting recommendations as you go and not making it feel like a oh, I need a recommendation because I'm clearly applying for another job. So almost like the sooner that you start to do this, the better. And if you don't have any, never be afraid to go back to previous colleagues that you've worked with. I don't think people will be offended that you're reconnecting. I think often people are just happy to help. And again, you know, hedge your bets, ask more than one person. Think about who are five colleagues I've worked with so far in my career And, you know, figure out who are the ones who I think are most likely to help me out, do me a bit of a five minute favour and just ask them for a LinkedIn recommendation. And you might even want to go a bit further than that, especially if you've not spoken to someone for a while. I think I might even email somebody if I'd still got their email address and just say, oh, Helen, we've not been in touch for a while. It's been on my mind for ages to sort out my LinkedIn profile. And everyone will be like, yeah, I've been meaning to do that for ages. It's a bit like sorting your CV, isn't it? Like you all think oh, we should do this as we go. And then we never do. So everyone will get it and then just say, but I'd really appreciate it if you could just write a couple of sentences for me for my LinkedIn profile. And the profiles that I see where people have asked for recommendations, I think what's so nice about it is when you like read what a peer or a previous manager or mentor has written about someone, I just think you get a real feel 
for who someone is because they're always people that you know quite well and so it's always really just nice I feel like I get to know that person much better and I also get a sense that they care about their career because they have made the effort to go and get those recommendations. So even if you don't do the recommendations, which I do think is a bit of a secret way to make your job application stand out, just make sure all the rest of your LinkedIn just makes sense, no typos, get someone else to review it for you. If I was thinking about applying for a role, I would probably send my LinkedIn profile to a couple of like work best friends, like past and present, and just say, could you have a scan of this profile? Just let me know if there's anything you spot that doesn't make sense, any typos or kind of any advice for how I could make it even better. And again, maybe you could even do a bit of a LinkedIn profile swap. So you might be like, oh, well, I'll review yours if you review mine. And I suspect that would be something that lots of people would find helpful. I think of it as like a LinkedIn lookover. Mm. And it's just part of like building your brand as well as applying for roles. I would say as well with LinkedIn, one of the most powerful parts of LinkedIn is like your headline. So where it is your job title. Now, caveat, I think as soon as you start significantly playing around with that headline, it's like a red flag that you're trying to do something quite intentional. So like, you know, you're looking for a role. But for example, you could just be Helen Tupper, project manager at whatever company. So, you know, literally, you know, it says the job that I do. But lots of people might say Helen Tupper, project manager with a passion for improving things <laughs> probably don't do yeah. things but you get things. the passion for improvement or whatever it would be or a passion for people or purpose-driven leader on a mission to make work better for everyone or something like that so again this has got to feel natural you don't want it to feel forced or false but I do think it's one of the first things that people will see is that very first headline and you can play around with it so it feels like you and it does stand out but I do think it depends on how open you are about this particular process because if you you're going from very low engagement to LinkedIn to a new profile picture and a new headline, a brand new profile, people might think, oh, interesting, Helen, looking to move on from Amazing If then, clearly. Um, so just, you know, be aware of the impression that that creates too. And you can also in your settings in LinkedIn, because I've definitely changed this, that I don't want to like make an announcement almost every time I'm making a tweak to my LinkedIn profile, because I'll often oh, I'll add a sentence into my summary. Or I might think, oh, I'd forgotten to add on that professional certificate I've done or something. And so you can turn off the settings in your profile so that it shares that with everyone that you're connected with. And I think most people do have that turned off now, but you might just want to go in and just check that because then it just means that you can play around with your profile no one suddenly gets a sort of flashing light that goes, Sarah's looking for a role, Sarah's <laughs> looking for a role. And I think it just gives you that kind of space to just get it to the point that you feel happy with it. And if you want any more sort of tips and tricks on how to use uh, LinkedIn, a while ago now, like over two years, we did an episode with Rachel Glynn from LinkedIn about, you know, just things about your profile and some of your settings and the stuff that Sarah has talked about there. And it might be worth a listen. Like LinkedIn's only part of the answer when you're mm. applying, but it is quite an important part now. And you definitely want to kind of make it as impactful as possible. So there'll be some extra tips there. Well, I suspect different industries use LinkedIn in a different way. And I'm sure it's more important for some than others. Personally, I found when I'm reviewing job applications or just talking to people and having curious career conversations, it's not the first thing that I would look at. I would look at someone's application. I'd look at the answers to questions. I'd look at their CV. But if I'm sort of starting to feel impressed, if I'm starting to feel intrigued and interested, that's when I then go to LinkedIn. So I suspect unless you are a recruiter where I get, so I guess sometimes recruiters go straight to LinkedIn. For me, it's sort of the 
almost that when I'm starting to then be make some distinction between, okay, well, I've got five brilliant people here, but I've only got three people I can interview. How do I start to spot who really stands out? Then I might start to look at LinkedIn and that, that would then inform my decision. And so just five things to remember before you hit send, here are five things that you really want to work your way through. And we'll put a bit of a summary on this on social, on LinkedIn and Instagram, so you've got all the details. First one, typos, make sure that you- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You haven't got anything that's going to let you down. Second, jargon. Just be aware that the company that you're in now probably has some words and phrases that are meaningful for you, but meaningless to most other people. So get rid of the jargon. Keywords, that point we mentioned, weave those in because it definitely is some of the stuff that people are looking to see. Personalize it wherever possible. Do not just send out generic CVs. It's really, really obvious. And just think about consistency. So if people are looking at your CV and your covering letter and LinkedIn, you want dates and the kind of feel that you're creating to be consistent across those different places. So that's everything for this week. We hope if you are applying for a role at the moment, it has felt useful. Let us know what else you'd add to the list or how else we can help. We always love to hear from you. We're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. I'd also be really interested if anyone is going through this application process and something different is happening. Maybe they've got you to do something slightly random or fill in a form you've never seen before. Please let us know because we try to stay aware as possible with what's going on in many different areas of work so that we can help people with their careers. But if there is something that you have gone through a particular point in a process, let us know so that we can make sure that people have got the support and they feel as prepared as possible. So thank you so much for listening. We're back with you again soon. Bye for now. Bye everyone.